Welcome to Created to Reign, a production of the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation. The Cornwall Alliance is a ministry dedicated to helping fulfill the mandate God gave mankind in Genesis 1.28 to subdue and rule the earth in a way that enhances its fruitfulness, its beauty, and its safety for the glory of God and the benefit of our neighbors. I am David Arla Gates, and our topic today is part two of our discussion on net zero. Last time I discussed the various meanings of net zero and how its goal is to limit global warming to a politically created value of 1.5 degrees Celsius by curbing anthropogenic emissions of carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases. On this podcast, we shall investigate the attributes of net zero and how it will be implemented. Like socialism, it sounds great to the academics and to the useful idiots, but it always ends in disaster when it's applied in the real world. As I mentioned last time, an article appeared last year in the journal Nature Climate Change. It focused on the meaning of net zero and the author's views on how to get it right. More than 100 regional governments, 800 cities, and 1,500 companies have pledged to reach net zero targets, usually by 2050, but often earlier. Many of these entities have done so voluntarily, which, the authors note, speaks to the unifying and galvanizing power of the net zero narrative. According to the authors, however, the current volunteer nature of net zero is precisely the problem. The authors lamented that a top-down totalitarian approach is really needed to guarantee unity among net zero approaches and to force governments, cities, and companies to comply with their supposedly voluntary participation. They argue that there is too much discretion in how net zero pathways are designed, which, quote, may not be consistent with global net zero or with ambitious climate action more generally, unquote. Compliance is always the clarion call of the totalitarian. The authors complain that governance, accountability, and reporting mechanisms are woefully lacking in voluntary compliance. Moreover, just agreeing to net zero-like goals is not enough. Action is demanded, and action now. Detailed plans, like the five-year plan of the communists with complete transparency, is required to guarantee that net zero is accomplished in exactly the way they demand it be accomplished. The authors lament that many entities talk the talk, but don't walk the walk. Well, at least the way the totalitarians demand that others walk. So the authors of the Nature Climate Change article identified seven attributes that all net zero disciples must follow to ensure the robustness of net zero as a framework for climate action. As we identify them, you'll notice that they are being pushed by those who want to dictate climate policy. Their discussions are fraught with scientifically indefensible statements, but I'll try to keep to the policy and not the fraudulent science upon which it is based. The first attribute is the requirement for front-loaded emission reductions. It is not enough to demand that we be net zero by 2050. Emission reductions must be reduced as much and as fast as possible. Remember, the goal is to reduce global temperatures through carbon dioxide reduction because to them, carbon dioxide is the magic climate control knob in their flawed science. Delays in reducing emissions makes it harder to reach their goals. 
Thus, action now is mandatory. But the authors argue that action now preserves optionality since it, quote, maintains the option to further tighten remaining carbon budgets in light of new scientific findings, unquote. So saving the planet in just 25 years by changing the industrial model that led us to this advanced society may not be fast enough. The second attribute is a comprehensive approach to emission reductions. It is not sufficient to go after low-hanging fruit because when the going gets tough, net zero is likely to be abandoned. Nope, it means tackling all emissions and in combination with the first attribute, tackling them all now. The third attribute is probably one you didn't see coming. It's a cautious use of carbon sequestration. While net zero can be accomplished by removing carbon dioxide as fast as it is put into the atmosphere, the authors go so far as to argue that such a policy is actually immoral. But think about it. The totalitarians cannot change your behavior if it is possible to merely stop the impacts. No, the goal is to change your behavior and, to quote Cristiana Figueres, Executive Secretary of the UN's Framework Convention on Climate Change at the 2015 Paris Agreement to change, quote, the economic development model that has been reigning for at least 150 years since the Industrial Revolution. In keeping with Attribute 3, the fourth attribute is an effective regulation of carbon offsets. One of the myriad of climate change scams is to buy someone else's carbon dioxide reduction. The authors identify that carbon offsets are problematic unless quality standards are met and enforced with scaled-up regulatory scrutiny. Well, at least the totalitarians are consistent in their demand for ultimate control. Now, at this point, you haven't heard anything about the evil triad, diversity, equity, and inclusion. To remedy that, the fifth attribute is an equitable transition to net zero. According to the authors, net zero requires, quote, a thoughtful balancing of responsibilities between countries at different levels of development, unquote. Read that to mean developed nations must start first while developing nations can be exempted for now. The fifth attribute, coupled with the first attribute of front-loaded emission reductions, suggests that all carbon dioxide molecules are equal but some are more equal than others. The authors suggest that, quote, every country may chart its own path to net zero, tailored to its own specific national circumstances and constraints. Developing countries need to be supported in reaching net zero, unquote. Thus, countries that have already adopted a socialist government can be exempted, while the redistribution of wealth from the richer capitalist nations must be achieved now by adopting totalitarian-imposed reduction. Thus, countries that have already adopted a socialist government can be exempted, while the redistribution of wealth now from the richer capitalist nations must be achieved by adopting totalitarian-imposed socialist reduction. So what else is new? Well, the only thing left is to couch climate change as a threat multiplier and use net zero to solve a myriad of socioeconomic problems. 
And thus, you guessed it, attributes six and seven argue that net zero is only the means to the end. Saving the climate through net zero is not the ultimate goal. But you already knew that. Attribute six aligns net zero with much broader socio-ecological objectives, while attribute seven focuses on the pursuit of new economic opportunities. It's all about sustainability, limiting the human footprint, and ultimately demonizing human life. As the scientists lamented on the CBS Earth Day coverage way back in 1970, maybe it would have been better if humans had never been invented. According to the authors of the Nature Climate Change article, it is not enough to just simply balance the carbon budget or the carbon dioxide budget since they don't make a distinction among carbon and other forms. A durable net zero requires not just storage by the biosphere, but rather by geological storage since it has a larger capacity and stores carbon dioxide for a much longer period of time. Of course, the real purpose of net zero is not to save the planet, it's to gain power and control. But as I have said many times before, you already knew that. Thank you for listening to Created to Rain. Until next time, I am David Arley Gates, and may God richly bless you. Mm-hmm.